Oceana Cruises versus Osmer. Are they really the same? One of them claims to have the finest cuisine at sea. Let's find out. Stay tuned. My guest today is Bob Schaefer, owner of Vacations by Cruise and Travel Experts and BobSchaeferTravel.com. Bob is a senior luxury travel advisor and has been meeting the needs of his clients in and around Florida and across the nation since 2006. Hi, Bob. Welcome back to RTE Travel Talk. Good evening. Nice to be here again and to see you once more. Marvelous. Bob, I wanted to chat to you today about Oceana Cruises. I recently had a online discussion with one of her subscribers going back and forth on just where Oceana falls in terms of whether they're premium, upper premium, or luxury. Now, I know that most avid cruisers know very little about Oceana Cruises. Oceana is celebrating its 20th anniversary in 23 after carving out a travel niche defined by country club casual cruising and the claim the finest cuisine at sea and positioning themselves as what they like to call upper premium or luxury cruising at a premium price point. They also claim to be in a class by themselves. But I recently, like, like I said, I recently had a discussion with a subscriber who claims they're basically the same as Ozamera. So based on that, you know, I got kind of a couple of questions. Just where in terms of class and equipment that they sell, do they fall on that line, Bob? And do you consider them premium, upper premium, or luxury? And depending on that, how do they fare when they're stacked up against a, a cruise line like Azamera? So, you know, I'm coming to talk to the expert. So why well, don't you give us a 30,000-foot level of Oceana? Well, much of what you just said is semantics. But here's my personal take on it. You, you'll have essentially four different categories of ocean cruise. Okay. You've got contemporary, which is a euphemism for mass market. Right. And by mass market, that's not a derogatory comment. That That is cruise lines designed to serve the broadest possible market. Royal Caribbean is a great example. Then if you want to move up to premium, well, I would look at Holland America or I would look at Celebrity as okay. a premium class brand. Skipping over what's between premium and luxury, let's go to luxury. And luxury is small ship cruises, high-end experience, and generally all-inclusive. Okay. Uh, and that would be maybe Silver Sea or Seabourne on, on the very high-end exclusive cruises. Right. But the position between luxury and premium is what I like to regard as deluxe. And, and again, you could call it upper premium, but what does upper premium mean? Well, deluxe is sort of cut above superior. If you're looking at a hotel room, you can True. do standard, you can do superior, you can do deluxe, and you can do a suite. That's sort of how I look at classifying oh, oh. cruise lines. That's a good way. To, that's a great good way to look at it. So deluxe is just below a suite, which exactly right. And now that doesn't refer necessarily to the staterooms on board a ship. And Oceana, aside from the fact that they both share our class ships, which we can talk about later, is that Oceana has cast its net a little wider 
They have two other ships in an O class or Oceana class that carried 1,200 and I think it's 38 guests. Both of those ships were game changers in my mind for Oceana. I have cruised personally on Azamara and found it to be a truly outstanding experience. They definitely belong in that deluxe category alongside of Oceana. But Oceana, I think, offers clients something that uh, Asamara does, and that is back to the cuisine. You know, I'm a little skeptical about such claims as the finest cuisine at sea, too, <laughs> as most people might be. Right. How, so you really have to experience an Oceana cruise to validate it in your own mind. And my very first cruise on Oceana happened to be on the inaugural cruise of the Riviera back in 2010. I was a little skeptical, as you indicate about what separates uh, Oceana from Azamara. At the time, I had already cruised on the Azamara journey. And uh, I very quickly learned that, for example, when you go to breakfast, you don't go into a large cafeteria for breakfast. You go into a small dining room, relatively small dining room. Uh, the buffet line you point to what you want and uh, you'll be served. And as you move down the line, your plate moves along. And when you get to the end of the line, uh, someone is standing there to escort you to your table. And it is a more personal experience. And I can tell you that on a 10-night cruise, you will have sticky buns hot out of the oven at least two mornings of the cruise, and they are to die for. Uh, <laughs> the other differentiating factor in the cuisine is the fact that Oceana has five different restaurants that, with open seating, no surcharge. And four of those are small specialty restaurants, including Red Ginger, which you'll find the best steamed sea bass ever. Jacques, Jacques is named in honor of cuisine of Jacques Pepin, who has been their cuisine advisor from the beginning. Jacques uh, serves the best roast chicken I have ever eaten. And you normally don't think about it as gourmet, but it was gourmet chicken. Two other restaurants include a steakhouse as well as an Italian restaurant with no surcharge. But then you don't want to overlook the main dining room. And, and there, the most memorable dish I, I can uh, tell you is the mashed potatoes that are served tableside. Now, that sounds ridiculous, but they're the best mashed potatoes I have ever eaten. So it's a real culinary experience to be aboard an Oceana ship. It is. And, and you can enhance it further with the fact that they have a culinary center on board where you can take classes. The O-class ships also offer what's called the artist loft, where you can take painting lessons. You won't find either of those on Azamara. And I'm not putting Azamara down. It's an excellent cruise brand, in many ways, quite similar to right. Oceana. I've never sailed Oceana, but I've had the opportunity to be on board the ships, and they're gorgeous inside, the way they they're are. outfitted. Like they the, are. the frescoes on the ceilings, I mean, it's just, it's just something to behold. Well, it's not just the frescoes, but yeah. when they introduced the Riviera, I met with 
Frank Del Rio, the chairman of now Norwegian Holdings and the founder of Oceana, very hands-on. He handpicked more than a million dollars worth of art that would adorn the uh, walls of the public uh, spaces. So he very much hands-on, and that's really how they built the brand. And so when a repeat client comes back to Oceana, they know what to expect. And when they board, they feel like, well, we're home again. Uh, and to a certain extent, I would say the same is true about Azamara. Uh, it's just that Oceana has a broader range with uh, its six ships and soon to be two more than Azamara with its four ships. Now, speaking of ships, you mentioned uh, Oceana is sailing two different classes of ships, the R-class and the O-class. Right. Tell us about the that. The R-Class is the same category of ship that Azamara sailed. Okay. And if you go back to 9-11, there was a cruise line called Renaissance Cruise. And Renaissance was going great guns until 9-11 struck. And at, after 9-11, leisure travel came to a complete halt, at least for a year. Yeah. And Renaissance ran out of cash. And so ultimately they had eight ships that needed to be disposed of. Oceana initially leased three of them and ultimately bought four of them. Okay. Uh, Azamara, uh, at the time it was founded about 2006 or seven, bought two of them. But that was the genesis and the R class refers to their former Renaissance heritage. And these ships are roughly 30,000 tons. Right. They carry about 650 guests, a crew ratio of about one crew member for every one and a half guests. They are smaller ships that can go where the big ships can't go. And like Azamara, they typically will do longer itineraries that include both the customary places that people want to travel to, but also probably more off the beaten path itineraries as well. For example, uh, I have clients sailing on Oceana next spring from Yokohama, Japan to Singapore. This was a one-off sailing and I made the reservations two years in advance because I knew it would sell out <laughs> last summer. Right. And it did. The frustrating thing with both Azamara and Oceana is you need to book early. You need to be on top of it because, for example, the pricing that you'll see with uh, Oceana, they'll introduce uh, a new itinerary or, or open it up for bookings. And every three months until it is sold out, the price goes up. So you really want to book at the earliest possible time to avoid those price increases. The other class, uh, O-class, that right now consists of just two ships, and that is the Marina and the Riviera. The Marina was a specialty build for specifically Oceana. Right. As it came out in 2009 and Oceana a year later uh, with the Riviera. These ships carry about 1,234 guests. There's a little more room, but it's still an intimate 
cruising experience. And that's one of the things I personally like about the O-Class. If you're in a veranda on either Azamara or Oceana, you're in a relatively small stateroom. You've got to move up almost to a suite, if you will, but if you need more room to spread out. Okay. The verandas on the O-class ships are 270 square feet, including the veranda, whereas uh, your premium brands for a similar suite would be about 200 square feet. So it, the rooms on the O-class ships are substantially larger than on the R-class ships. Uh, at the same time, there are concierge classes with additional services, personal services. And if you want the ultimate, and I must say you you almost have to book this before it opens for sale, and that's there are two owner suites on board, the O-class ships, and each is larger than the average home, uh, about, <laughs> about 2,050 square feet. And wow. it, wow. it is phenomenal. The ship itself is uh, about 66,000 tons, almost twice the, the time right, right. of the R class. There's, they have another class coming, don't they, Bob? When do we expect to see the Vista class? Well, the Vista class actually starts in April. Okay. The, uh, 2023 is the inaugural sailing of the Vista class. It will be Essentially, I'm not sure if it will be a separate class of its own uh, or uh, be part of the old class. Oh, I see. Okay. It's going to be on a similar platform, but carry slightly fewer guests. I would characterize the the first two O-class ships as sort of understated elegance. On the Vista, it will not be as much understated. It will be truly a very elegant ship. And then beyond that, in 2020, late 24 or early 25, there'll be uh, a fourth ship coming. Oh, okay. Tell me about the promotion that, that they they seem to perpetually run, the Old Life Choice. Well, the Old Life Choice is designed to provide a more all-inclusive experience. Right. And and that is they will bundle air, coach economy air, from uh, most gateways in America. Uh, and with that, an onboard credit and the choice of one amenity. That amenity could be a beverage package. It could be free Wi-Fi. It uh, could be a series of shore excursions, but they also give you the option of removing that O-Life option. And if you do, in fact, you can do your own air and back that credit for air out of the cost of the cruise. Right. Some people like it as all-inclusive as possible, but I have clients sailing later this summer who wanted to remove air, they wanted their own custom air, and they wanted to arrive early in Rome and stay late in Venice. So in that situation, the all-inclusive didn't make sense for them. Right. Yeah. So the product work, the, the, the promotion works in some, in some instances for, for customers and other instances it's... No, I tell people before booking an all-inclusive resort or an all-inclusive cruise, 
make sure that you're actually going to use everything that's included. In some cases, it may not make sense. Okay. In other words, you may want to go a la carte, if you will, and and buy only those aspects that you'll actually utilize. Okay, makes sense. Then, that's good. Uh, that's a good tip. Well, and it and it holds true. Uh, for example, I, I have many clients that love to go to all inclusive resorts, but they opt out of the all inclusive dining because they want to go off site depending on the location to local restaurants outside the resort sure well you're not going to be able to do that on a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean for sure (laughs) but if you for example don't drink alcoholic beverages you're not going to want to be paying for something that you won't be using correct so you've got that option and more and more cruise lines are moving in that direction what about the particular itineraries Bob, where do they sail? Is there anything that distinguishes Oceana with these itineraries? They have, in a typical year, some 800 itineraries that go to uh, 600 ports, uh, 120 countries. And like Azamara, with many of their itineraries, they will either do a late night departure or actually overnight in the port. At the same time, like Azamara, Oceana's smaller ships can get into ports totally off the beaten path. And, and the late night departures and, and overnights allow people to actually be off the ship and experience the destination rather than running back to the ship because it leaves at five in the afternoon. So it's a much better overall experience. Same time, I would say the other aspects, people won't find any rock walls or racing cars on board <laughs> or any of the bells and whistles that you see. No, uh, no, on, no zip on, lines. And no zip lines on the contemporary ships. You will find a casino, albeit smaller than, say, on a 6,000 passenger ship. Right. You'll find an outstanding spy experience. And the onboard entertainment is quite nice as well. And again, I would say the person you were speaking to recently, to a certain extent, was quite right. That as Amara, I would consider a deluxe brand along with Oceana. As Amara is truly an outstanding product, but with the limited number of ships, I usually have more success with Oceana. Well, I'm a big enough man to, to, to know when I stand corrected, especially when you mentioned that they're both sailing the same equipment, those R-class ships. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And with the smaller ships, you'll actually have much more of an opportunity to meet other guests on board, uh, typically for both brands. So on that point, Bob, you mentioned we've got no racetracks, zip lines, rock walls. I gather that's probably not the best cruise line for kids. And absolutely, yeah. What would the typical type of guest be on on board an Oceana cruise? Among my clients, the age range would be from 45 to 86. In fact, yesterday (laughs) I booked an Oceana cruise for two sisters. Uh, One of them is 82, and the other one is 86. Oh, good for them. I don't want to mislead people. It's not 
cruises for old folks. Right. The longer the sailing, typically the the older the crowd that's going to be on board because exactly. those are the people that have the time. They also do an outstanding job of accommodating clients with uh, uh, disabilities. Well, Bob, this has been absolutely great information. Well, good. I, I absolutely love the brand. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Just book early. Great um, advice. Well, you take care and, and I hope to talk to you again soon sometime. And as always, Bob, may the wind always be at your back. Here's a wish for safe and happy travels on all your future cruises and vacations. And I hope to see you on a Lido deck sometime soon. Thanks again. Take care. And that about wraps it up for today, folks. A very special thanks to my guest, Bob Schaefer of Vacations by Cruise and Travel Experts. If you'd like to reach Bob, I will leave his contact information in the description. If you'd like to reach us, simply send a question to questions at realtravelexperts.com, visit our website, realtravelexperts.com, or leave a comment. We always respond. And as always, folks, if you enjoyed this content, a like, subscribe, and the ring of the bell is certainly appreciated and helps us to spread the word. So until next time, happy travels.